Good morning, church. Now, church, what an appropriate time for us to remind ourselves about the supernatural and empowering nature of our God as we approach Pentecost, which is next weekend. Now, my sincere prayer for you is that you will experience the Holy Spirit in a profound and deeply transformative way this Pentecost. Make this your prayer, will you? Make this your focus and your heart's desire. Say, God, I want to encounter you and the supernatural, empowering, transforming, and refining work of the Holy Spirit in my life. You have my attention, Lord. Speak. Now, friends, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, I think that for many of us, uh, we struggle, you know, because we can get a sense of God the Father, Uh, we can understand God the Son because we have Jesus. But when it comes to God the Holy Spirit, we tend to struggle a bit because we don't know how to relate to the Holy Spirit. I mean, is the Holy Spirit like in Star Wars, this, uh, this impersonal, mysterious force? May the force be with you, Luke. Or uh, we've heard some people refer to the Holy Spirit um, as the Holy Ghost. So is this... Is the Holy Spirit like a a spooky ghost wandering around? So many of us struggle, and honestly, uh, some of us are uncomfortable uh, when we just even hear the word Holy Spirit. It it gets some of us on edge, and we want to keep our distance because we don't want to become, let's be honest, some religious weirdo. You know, uh, we think if we get into the Holy Spirit, we're going to be doing, saying, or believing weird things. And so for many, just mentioning the Holy Spirit gets us on edge. Well, let me tell you, you can take a deep breath and relax. Uh, This week and next week, I want us to take a look at what the Bible says about the Holy Spirit. Who the Holy Spirit is. So that, and this is my prayer that you will be more open, more relaxed, and more open to the work of the Holy Spirit in your everyday, day-to-day life. Because the Holy Spirit is not some vague, fuzzy force out there. He is a person to love and to listen to. And the Holy Spirit uh, wants to pour the power of Jesus into your everyday life so that you can live a naturally supernatural life empowering you to live for and follow Jesus um, and knowing that the Holy Spirit has supernatural gifts for you to help you fulfill God's mission for your life. Things like speaking in tongues, words of wisdom, gifts of healing and prophecy. And in the next couple of weeks, we're going to touch on that and we're going to get into that. Great. Well, let's get into it, shall we? You are going to want to read the book of Acts. You've got lots of time on your hands, many of you. Do yourself a favor and read the book of Acts. It is so much more than the history and the beginnings of the church. It is really the acts of the Holy Spirit in and through the lives of the followers of Jesus after he ascended into heaven. Go and read it. Uh, You will find the book of Acts intense, yet truly inspiring. You have this this small group of believers gathered together, praying. 
And you read in Acts 2, the place shakes, and they are supernaturally filled with the Holy Spirit. They go out into the world, uh, and let me tell you, it was an extremely hostile world, a hostile environment, and yet with courage and boldness, after being filled with the Holy Spirit, they preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's read Acts chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. On one occasion... While he was eating with them, he gave them this command. He said, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Oh my goodness, how exciting. So Jesus, after his resurrection, spent 40 days with his disciples, teaching them. And on one particular day, over lunch, and this is the passage that we just read, over lunch, he said to them that I need to go back to the Father, but don't worry, I'm going to leave you a gift. I'm going to give you a gift which is my spirit, who will give you strength and power to grow and mature and will help you to follow me and to fulfill the Father's mission for your life humanity, and all of creation to help you, in other words, be more like me, Jesus said. I mean, what a beautiful gift. Let me read what it says in John 16, verse 7. It says, But I tell you the truth, it is better for you that I go away, because when I go away, I will send the helper to you. If I do not go away, the helper will not come. So Jesus is saying here that it's better that he leaves uh, and goes to be with the Father and then gives us his spirit because that way, think about it, he can be anywhere his people are. Wherever my people are, South Africa, the Netherlands, India, wherever, I am right there with them. This verse tells us that God sending his Holy Spirit was always part of God's plan right from the very beginning. This is how the church uh, began uh, 2,000 years ago, and this is how it will continue to grow in this day and age and beyond until Jesus returns one day. Now let's read what happened that glorious spectacular day uh, on that moment, that day that the Holy Spirit came. We find it in Acts chapter 2, chapter two verses 1 to 4. Let me read it for us. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire. I mean, my goodness, can you imagine that? That separated and came to rest on each one of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Holy Spirit enabled them. When that day came, they were all together. You know, as I read this verse, I'm just reminded God's people were meant to be together. 
The Christian faith is not something you do on your own. You must be part of a community of believers. Also, will you note that they were together in a home? And this is possibly uh, the way that we will have together uh, as a church community for a while in one another's homes, in smaller groups. But I see in this verse here that God shows up in a spectacular way when God's people meet together, when they meet together in small homes. You know, when, when you and I, when we meet with one another, even in small group settings, God does something spectacular and miraculous. God shows up in a beautiful, beautiful way when we meet together in small groups. The Holy Spirit comes with fresh power in the believer's life. What I read in this verse here is that it was a powerful encounter with the living God. As we will probably in the coming months have to meet in each other's homes, I pray that you will pray for the Holy Spirit for a fresh, powerful encounter with the living God in our homes. Wouldn't that be wonderful? God, come and encounter us in a powerful way in our homes. You know, Acts 2 talks about this fresh wind from heaven. People ask me, what is God's purpose with this pandemic? Well, listen, let me say to you, I don't know, and I wouldn't presume to know the mind of God. But as we find ourselves in this, uh, this situation, and we prepare to celebrate Pentecost, I will tell you this. It would be foolish of us to not say, God, now is the time. Now this time, this Pentecost, won't you come in this circumstance, won't you come and fall afresh on me, refresh my life. Pour your wind in my sails again. Get me out of the doldrums that I find myself in. My friends, perhaps you've been frustrated with the vibrancy of your spiritual life, frustrated with the level of intimacy and your connection with God. And you've realized that you don't need more encouraging words or new habits. You've realized you need a transformed life. My friends, on the day of Pentecost, as a bunch of ordinary people, ordinary followers of Jesus, got together in a small group, the power of God fell on them and it transformed them. And God wants to do the same now, this Pentecost 2020, for you and me. What a time in history this, genu this generation of believers find ourselves in. What a time for us to say, God, give me your Holy Spirit. Blow your breath and fire into my life, bringing transformation empowering me to live for you in a way that I have never, ever before. Luke 24 verse 49 says this, See, I will send you what my father promised, but you are to stay in Jerusalem until you have received power, keyword, power from on high. My friends, for you and me, really, this is the big idea. The Holy Spirit is not a doctrine to believe in, but it is power to receive. 
God wants to give you his power to transform you and use you as his disciple to bring transformation to this world. Oh my goodness, it's been 10 years I'm sitting here on this chair. I miss preaching. I wish I was on stage now and I can really get fired up and preach this to you as a church. But I'm going to have to just contain myself and, and remain seated on this chair. But I can tell you I miss preaching. Will you notice also in, this, uh, in these verses that we've read, will you also notice their hunger and desire for God? First of all, they were willing to wait. Jesus said, wait in Jerusalem. They were willing to wait. In difficult and dangerous circumstances, they were willing to wait and to be patient. They were willing to trust and believe for something to happen that they didn't really fully understand. They were committed also to being together as one group. It wasn't a situation, well, listen, well, I'll wait on my own over there in my own house, and you wait over there, I'll do my thing, and you do your thing. No, they were committed to being together committed to one another, to their community of believers. They were also, will you note, willing to pray, to get down on their knees and pray and to keep on praying as long as it took in order to see the fulfillment of God's promise of the Holy Spirit. And listen, let, let me tell you, when the Holy Spirit comes, He comes with power and passion and wind and fire. And that's so evident in Acts chapter 2 that we read. Have you experienced the wind and fire of God in your life? The power and the passion of God in your life? When was the last time, my friends? Let's talk about wind and fire a little bit. Because in many ways, these two images helps us to understand the Holy Spirit and the work and the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Now, the word spirit is mentioned more than 800 times in Scripture. Our English translations use one word, spirit, but there are actually two different words that we find um, in the Bible. In the Old Testament, we have uh, the word for spirit, uh, the Hebrew word ruach, which means a violent exhalation, a violent exhaling, a blast of breath, a strong, word, a strong wind. This word ruach is used, in fact, in the second verse of the Bible, Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. Let me read it very quickly for us. The earth was formless and empty. Think of your life, perhaps. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And then the spirit, the ruach of God, the breath of God was hovering over the waters. When I read this verse again, uh, I was thinking of the lake next to my house, the Ves Einer Plus. And I have included some video for you. Uh, you know, you go to the lake one day and it is calm and it is still and there is no wind. And the surface of the water is like glass sometimes. Then suddenly, and again, I've put another video clip in here for you, so have a look at this while I'm talking. But then suddenly, um, there is the storm that just whips up. Suddenly, a mighty wind whips up over the water, and there are ripples, and then there are waves all of a sudden just crashing. You have this, this power, this force just crashing across the shore. And when I see this, uh, I almost like to see of this and think of this as a miniature version of what must have happened during creation. You know, dark, murky, 
quiet body of water with God's breath hovering over the water. And then the ruach, the breath of God, stirs up the surface of the water with its force and its power. His breath, the very energy from which he created everything. And so the idea of God exhaling his breath over our lives, breathing his spirit over us, says, God, come and create new life in me. And I think this is what God says that he wants to do in us. When he says, I want to give you my spirit, he's saying, I want to create new life in you. Maybe, perhaps, this is what David uh, was thinking about when he wrote, um, uh, when he said, God creating me a clean heart. He was inviting the wind, the breath, the ruach, the spirit of God into his life. Come create in me something new, create in me a clean heart, O God. You can't see the wind, but you can see its impact. And that's what it's like with the Holy Spirit in our lives. And the Holy Spirit is just like wind. It blows where it wants. And this is what scares us, I think, sometimes about the Holy Spirit. Because we are control freaks and we don't control the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit controls us. In John 3 verse 8 it says, The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. My friends, and sometimes it is a gentle and sometimes it is a violently strong wind. I mean, have you ever seen a tornado? You know, sometimes God works in us with tornado strength because sometimes things need to be uprooted, root and all in our lives. And sometimes that's what's needed in our lives, and that's how the Spirit works. When the Spirit blows, He knocks stuff over. And at other times, all that's needed is a gentle cool breeze. And this is the symbolism of the Spirit as wind. God says, I want to breathe my breath into your life. I want to create in you a new heart. I want to bring transformation. And if things need to be uprooted, well then let my Spirit do it. And I will come with power and passion to transform your life. The Holy Spirit brings New life. In the New Testament, the word for spirit is pneuma. And it also means breath or wind. And it carries the same meaning of life-giving. Both ruach and pneuma carry with them a strong sense of force and power, but also of love that actively brings the power of God into our day-to-day living, day-to-day lives. This is what the Holy Spirit came to do, to breathe God's new life and power into us. Let's talk about fire a bit. I mean, in verse 3 of Acts chapter 2, it says, They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. Now, if wind is about power, then fire is about purity. I remember as a kid uh, going to a gold mine with some friends and we went deep down into the mine and then we also were lucky enough to go into the uh, refinery. 
And we saw them uh, heating up this gold in a big old furnace, big old fire. And as they took this, uh, this out, we could see all the impurities and all the dirt that had come to the surface. And then they had this big scoop. And they just scooped up all the dirt and all the impurity. And all that was left was this, was this pure, uh, beautiful gold. And that's what the Holy Spirit will do in our lives. It says in John 16, verse 8, when the Spirit comes... He will come, first of all, he will, he will come to convict. He will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. The Holy Spirit will come, and part of his job, number one, is to convict us of sin in our lives. God is holy, and we are not. The Spirit surfaces sin in our lives. And we then recognize all the more when this happens, our need for God and how much we need God in our lives. That voice of God that challenges us and speaks to us, makes us uneasy about certain stuff that's going on in our lives. The Spirit of God shows us our sinfulness, sets us on fire with a desire for more of God. This is the purpose of conviction, not to make us feel bad, but to make us want to be more like God. It shows us who we really are, who God really is, and what God created us to really be, and then stirs up within us a desire to want to be more like Jesus and to want to live a life that aligns with God's will for us. The church needs the fire of the Holy Spirit. You and I need the fire of the Holy Spirit. I think we are missing a big part of what the Holy Spirit wants to do when we miss the fire of God. What the church of Jesus Christ needs in this day and age is men and women set on fire for God. Now, more than ever, we need to pray. And I pray that you'll pray this. Holy Spirit, set me ablaze. I'm praying for you and I'm praying for this church. God set our hearts on fire. Convict us of the sin in our lives. Grow our desire for you and create in us a new heart, O oh God, as David prayed. Holy Spirit, take out the garbage in our lives. Take out the garbage, the stuff that separates me from you, the sin that damages my relationships, the anger, the resentment, the jealousy. Come, Holy Spirit, set your fire in my life and burn up that garbage in my life. Holiness is beautiful because it means that we are set apart. It means that we are different from the world. It means that we stand out, a light up on a hill. Will you dare to pray for a fresh breath of God this Pentecost and a renewed invitation to the Holy Spirit to bring the fire of God to convict you of the stuff in your life that has crept in that should not be there. Will you dare to invite the conviction of the Holy Spirit into your life? David prayed and said, Lord, Please don't take your Holy, Spirit, your Holy Spirit from me. May we pray, Lord, don't take your Holy Spirit from me, but I invite you to convict me of the stuff that have crept into my life. Before God can use us for his, his glory, we need to ask the Holy Spirit to take out the garbage in our lives. 
you know, my friends, people talk about COVID-19 and why this is happening and is God punishing us? No, God doesn't want to punish us. He wants to purify us. And this is a time that God says, listen, I want to use this time to convict us and call us back to him, back to power and passion for God. My friends, maybe we have become complacent. God, forgive us and set us on fire. And God has put this phrase in my heart of late. And and as I was preparing, um, this phrase just kept coming up. You know, life in church can become all about God, yet it is without God. This phrase, about God, yet without God. And it's about trying to live the Christian life, but without the Holy Spirit. Have you lived about God, but without God? Secondly, my friends, the Holy Spirit not only convicts us, but secondly, He also comforts us. And in John 14, 26, it says this, The Comforter, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. Now, the word comforter in Greek is the word parakaleo, and and it means one who lightens your burdens through encouragement. I love that. The Holy Spirit wants to lighten your burdens by encouraging us. To comfort means to come alongside someone, letting them know that they are not alone. And this is part of the work of the Holy Spirit and part of what the the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life. During this time of grief and struggle and loss, the Holy Spirit comes and comforts us and reminds us that we are not alone, but that God is with us. Yes, the Holy Spirit convicts us in our sin, but he also comforts us in our sorrow. Many of us now need comfort more than ever as we are experiencing loss. Come, Holy Spirit, with your power and your passion and your comfort. You know, God gives us his Holy Spirit to help us. And I hope you will realize that about the Holy Spirit. You know, I read your emails to me and and you tell me about your struggles in your marriage and in your job and your finance situation, asking questions about church and and how and when we will meet together as a church community. The power of the Holy Spirit is not just revealed in our lives in the form of conviction of sin and uprooting and transforming us, but it is also revealed in the comfort that God wants to bring into our sorrow, into our question, into our uncertainty. God, pour out your Holy Spirit, I pray. Part of what wind and fire and the power and the passion of the Holy Spirit in our lives means is this truth, that God wants to pour into our lives His love and compassion for us. And He wants us to know that He's our friend, a friend like no other. Thirdly, not only does the Holy Spirit convict us and comfort us, but the Holy Spirit also counsels us. Now in Psalm 61, go and read a beautiful psalm, David writes and he says, God, you are my rock that is higher than I. And the image is this. I'll use a story from my life. I remember uh, driving through a a grassland savannah 
uh, on the African plains and following a cheetah mom and her two little cheetah cubs. It was summer and the grass was tall and the bush was lush and thick. And so what this cheetah mom did, she climbed onto a rock that was higher than what she was so that she could be elevated, so that she could see better, have a different perspective on her situation in order to see what lies ahead and what direction she should take. And I think this is exactly what David is saying in Psalm 61. He's saying, God, you are my rock that is higher than I. You give me a new perspective on my situation so that I can make better decisions at those crossroads moments of life about where to go and what to do. And this is the work of the Holy Spirit to give us a new perspective, God's perspective on our lives and where to go and what to do and and when to go there. The Holy Spirit gives us God's counsel when we can't see and don't know which way to turn. During this difficult time, Some of you are facing some tough decisions. The work of the Holy Spirit is to illuminate your path and to guide you into the way that you should go, revealing God's will and pointing the way forward for you. What does the Holy Spirit want to reveal to you this Pentecost? What does the Holy Spirit want to convict you of comfort you from, and counsel you in this Pentecost. Lord, this Pentecost, I pray, will you breathe your breath of life and transformation over us? Will you send your fire to convict, to comfort, and to counsel? In Jesus' name I pray. Friends, Next week, we will continue looking at the Holy Spirit. But this week, I encourage you to pray and ask God for a new work of the Holy Spirit in your life. Holy Spirit, do something new in Crossroads, I pray. Amen.